As we open up the New Testament for today, we'll be looking into the book of Romans and reading from chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. We'll read about guidance. God's purpose is to make His children like His Son, and He will succeed. The Spirit intercedes for us and guides us as we pray. And the circumstances of life work for our good, no matter how painful they may be. We'll also read about love. The Spirit of God makes the love of God real to us. You can count on that. The Father is for us. The Son is for us. And the Holy Spirit is for us. That ought to be very encouraging news for anyone within the sound of my voice, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are on your side. See, nothing can separate us from His love. Is there any reason why we should not be more than conquerors? All right, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. July 24th, Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our distress, for we don't even know what we should pray for, nor how we should pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and he gave them right standing with himself, and he promised them his glory. What can we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God did not spare even his own Son, but gave him up for us all, won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? Will God? No. He is the one who has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? Will Christ Jesus? No. For He is the one who died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at the place of honor next to God pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or are hungry or cold, or in danger or threatened with death, even the Scriptures say, For your sake we are killed every day, we are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from His love. Death can't, and life can't. The angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away. Whether we are high above the sky or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, you may be watching or listening, and you're not a Christian. You say, well, how does that apply to me? Listen very carefully. 
The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Let me explain that. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, that means that you are saying that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he's the Lord of our life. And in so doing, you're placing your life in his hands because of who he is. For the forgiveness of your sins because of what he did at the cross. You're asking him to forgive you of your sins, to give you the gift of eternal life, and the work of the Holy Spirit within you to enable you to live a godly life all the days of your life. If you ask him to do that, you have the promise. Listen, you have the promise of the Word of God, 66 books of the Bible. You have the promise that he will do exactly what he says he will do. He will forgive you, cleanse you, give you the gift of eternal life, save you forever, give you a home in heaven. And walk with you every single day the rest of your life. But it's conditioned upon your surrender of your life to Christ. Confessing your sins and looking to the cross as full payment of your sin. You may be going through a very difficult time and you're asking the question, where is God? You're not a believer. You never trusted Jesus as your Savior. Let me tell you where he is. He's where he's always been. Just outside, listen, just outside the door of your heart. Trying to get in. And he wants you to open the door of your heart and let him in. And the moment you do, life will change. And it can happen to you the moment you do that. Father, how grateful we are that you are so perfect. We can find no blemishes in your character or failures in your power, but absolutely perfection, holy, righteous, and just. I pray the Spirit of God will speak to every person who hears this message to recognize the only way to live is through Christ, serving you, Father, this awesome God that we've described. And I pray that every person who hears it will stop fighting against you and recognize that you are the one true God. That's how Jesus described you as he prayed in that 17th chapter of John. We know that you are. I pray, Father, for people who are floundering in their life, trying to figure out what to do. Enable them to understand at least this much now. You are the answer. You've always been the answer. You're still knocking and you're still waiting. And they can settle that issue. We thank you that the promise you made to save us, you've been keeping ever since you made it. The promise you made to guide us, you've been keeping that promise ever since you made it. And all the rest. We want to say we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Today we're reading in Psalm 18, verses 37 through 50. And we'll read about God's gentleness. You know, God did many things to make David a great soldier, as we'll see. But his gentleness made David what he was in his heart. See, God was doing more than winning wars. He was building character. He had humbled David to think that God would condescend to call him, equip him, and help him. And we'll also read about God's exaltedness. David did not take credit for his victories. He gave all the glory to the Lord. Whatever David had, God gave it to him. Whatever he was, God made him. Whatever he did, God enabled him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 18, verses 37 through 50. I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You made them turn and run. I have destroyed all who hated me. They called for help, but no one came to rescue them. They cried to the Lord, but He refused to answer them. I ground them as fine as dust carried by the wind. I swept them into the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You appointed me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. As soon as they hear of me, they submit. Foreigners cringe before me. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He subdues the nations under me and rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies, for you save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing joyfully to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. Proverbs 19, verses 27 through 29. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you have turned your back on knowledge. A corrupt witness makes a mockery of justice. The mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Mockers will be punished, and the backs of fools will be beaten. Proverbs 19, verses 27 through 29.